Welcome to My Garden, My Life, a podcast designed to inspire you to think about your garden and your relationship with it. I'm Sarah Layton, garden designer founder of Growthfully, and my mission is to help you make the most of the joyful possibilities of your garden, to get designing and gardening and enhance your day-to-day well-being. The space outside your door, be it large or small, can literally change your life. These conversations start with our gardens and plants, but also travel to a world of unexpected subjects that matter. And I absolutely love having them. Today, my guest is Claire Brannigan of Intune Wellbeing. Claire is a heart-centered wellbeing coach, sharing her mindfulness and forest bathing love to help women live in authentic alignment. We talk about forest bathing, women's well-being in the middle years, her relationship with her garden and working with me to create a new design layout and what that was like for her, as well as about garden vintage as she used to run an emporium full of gorgeous garden stuff. We've also got a giveaway for you this week, a lovely book about forest bathing. Details are at the end of the conversation. So wherever you are, pottering in your kitchen, sowing seeds or perhaps potting on in your greenhouse, maybe even relaxing in the sun for a moment. Haven't these last few weeks been amazing weather-wise? I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. And if you're not doing any of those things, but wish you were, please do make space for yourself to do what you want at some stage today, because you really matter. So hello, Claire. Hi, Sarah. Oh, so lovely to hear you. And thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It's lovely to be here. Would you like to tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, how you came to be doing that and what your connection with nature is and your garden and all of that? Sure. Yeah. So, um, so I'm a woman in my middle years, which um, is a phrase I well, I mean, I kind of have a sense of what, what you mean by that, but maybe you define it a little bit. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a movable sort of feast, if you like, but I think I'm, I'm thinking, you know, sort of 40s and 50s would, would, okay. yeah, would, yeah. would sort of cover it, I think. So, yeah, a, tie, a midlife, I suppose. Um, that moment when it all starts to change for us as women. Yes, indeed. Well, I, yeah, I think middle years is just maybe a, a friendlier term than the midlife I think there's some negative connotations with midlife I think middle years is is how I like to describe myself so yeah I'm a mum to nearly two teenagers so my daughter's 12 so um coming into the thick of that I'm a nature lover I've always had a connection with nature and nature was my favorite subject at school and I'm a keen gardener and in my work life, I'm a well-being coach, a mindfulness teacher, and a Shinrin Yoku, or forest bathing guide. So tell us about all of that. Okay, so it's a new chapter for me, and I decided to retrain um, a couple of years ago. So I had been running another business called Mabel and Rose, which was an online sort of boutique shop selling vintage garden bits and pieces which you would have loved I think Sarah yes I really would so yeah so Mabel and Rose was yeah it was a business that I set up when my children were young I wanted something that I could fit around family life 
So prior to that, I had been working for the Blue Cross, um, running their pet bereavement support service. And what I just what I found when my children were little was that that work didn't the bereavement work in particular just didn't sit particularly well with having young children. Mm. And so I wanted to do something that was just you know completely different, really, um, and a bit of an, a bit of an experiment. I just you know I set it up. Um, not really knowing sort of what would what would happen and and just it was yeah I was able to be quite playful with it which was lovely oh that's so lovely that idea of I'll I'll have a go at this and see where I get to yeah I mean it no it, it totally was I mean I think my husband and I just you know disappeared off to France one weekend with about 400 500 pounds and um and just filled up the you know the van and and sort of came home and and so that was obviously born from just a, just a passion really for kind of antiques and and old stuff and just and this new sort of interest in gardening that I had sort of developed and I I've always really liked um gardening with pots that's kind of my mm. my favorite sort of sort yeah. of gardening so I love matching plants to pots and and obviously I've got just got this love of sort of having old vintage containers and a bit of character in the garden Love. And you've got this beautiful cottage in the Cotswolds, which absolutely lends itself to that. Yeah. Um, a garden that's well, that's in development, shall we say. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. Let's, let's stay with you and what you're doing now. Okay. So, yeah, so that was Mabel and Rose. And then sort of a few years ago, I... I'd been doing it for quite a while and the children were starting to get older. And I just felt like I needed a change really I just I so, I sort of had a desire really to go back to the sort of well-being side of things again which I had you know had obviously sort of moved away from when when I left the Blue Cross um when the when when I had the children and what what made you want to do that was there something specific well I think sort of coming into my middle years, sort of, you know, hitting my 40s, um, had a couple of sort of health issues going on and really started to realise that, you know, it was a time in my, it was a time when I just needed to sort of prioritise my my well-being and got quite interested in in mindfulness and meditation. I mean, I've actually had a meditation practice on and off throughout my life since I was a teenager. But yes, yeah, sort of got back into that and and... And it also dawned on me that my hormones were changing and that, you know, things were sort of, things were shifting and, and that the things that I used to be able to kind of rely on as, as sort of ways of coping with things was, was kind of no longer working. And what sort of things weren't working? So just a, a quick example of that would be sort of drinking caffeine and, and sort of sleep, distur- you know, sleep disturbance. So that's a perimenopausal symptom. So you'd be able to rely on your system, on your physical self to get you through. Um, and you might have used caffeine as a way to boost energy. Yeah. And then that would be disturbing your sleep. Yeah. So that would just be an example of, you know, of sort of um, of something. But I was, I also had, a, I got, I was quite poorly with IBS for a couple of years and I had to do, you know, quite a lot of work around that to get that sort of under control. So that include, you know, that that was sort of dietary stuff, but also just really reducing stress. And 
so yeah, so so reducing um, stress, and that's where the mindfulness came in, and then the Shinrin Yoku, which is is sort of a new a new field that's been sort of coming a bit more into the into the ether, if you like. Yes, it's becoming so well known over the last year or couple of years, isn't it? This idea um, that for going into the forest is so good for us. And I realise I interrupted you and I'm going to stop and let you tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Claire. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, sh- Shinrin-yoku, um, it, the Japan, it's a Japanese term and it um, translates as forest bathing. And I think a, a lo- quite a lot of people mistakenly think it um, involves getting wet. <laughs> And then, unless you're in the forest and there's a, you know, it's a boiling hot day and there's a river or a, you know, a, a lake or whatever that you can jump into, you know, then it, then it might be quite lovely. But it's, it's more along the lines of um, sunbathing. So it's immersing yourself in the forest ev- environment and engaging your senses really and coming, you know, becoming embodied. What do you mean by becoming embodied? Becoming embodied. So we spend so much of our time up in our heads thinking, thinking, you know, just busy, busy, busy. But actually, if we can bring ourselves down into what's going on in our bodies, it's a really, really good way of reducing stress. Which actually has a physical manifestation in the body, doesn't it? It does, yeah. So I often, um, there's a really good model by somebody called Paul Gilbert, and he talks about the different emotional regulation systems that we have. So there's the drive system, which is, you know, our doing mode, if you like. So it's, you know, the sort of busyness and achieving and consuming and that kind of thing. And the the sort of the hormone that's associated with that is dopamine. So it, you go shopping or something, or you get a like on your Instagram post, that would be an example of that sort of that system. And then we also have the, a threat system. Um, so that's when we're in that fight and flight mode so that's you know we're sort of feeling fear or anxiety and those those hormones are adrenaline and cortisol so we hear quite a lot about those and then there's this other mode which is called the soothing system and that's our kind of being mode and when we're in that kind of calm and safe and just sort of you know just feeling quite content with everything that's actually you know that the um the hormone associated with that is oxytocin, yes. which the love the love hormone they call it, don't they? Skin on skin and babies and mothers and all of that. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, most of us spend most of our time jumping between the drive and the threat system, and we don't spend enough time in the soothing system. So I often refer to the to the, that soothing system as the green zone. So a lot of the work that I do is about helping people to get into that green zone. And it's a balance, you know, we don't want to be kind of always in that that down zone because, you know, that's not good either. Every, you know, everything like in nature, everything needs to be in balance. Needs to be in balance, yeah. But just, you know, given the sort of society that we live in, and it's interesting at the moment, isn't it, that, you know, people are starting to, well, people have, have been sort of forced to slow, slow down a bit. I mean, not everybody, but, you know. Lots of us have been forced to kind of slow that right down right now. And be at home and if we're lucky enough to have gardens to be in our gardens. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
So where does your garden fit into all of this? Where does my garden fit in? Well, yeah, so I, I've always loved gardens, um, always loved visiting gardens. And my grandmother was a keen gardener. She was called Mabel, actually. So she, that was the name behind my, my other business. And my dad's, a, my dad's a gardener. So I feel like it's sort of in my blood in a way. And I really love that sort of that sharing of kind of wisdom through the generations and that, that sort of that connection through the generations. And then it's just been a real pleasure actually to sort of, you know, to spend time in the garden with my kids. And what I realized when my children were little and and as an introvert and somebody who kind of needs quite a lot of space to myself, I I found those early years when, you know, when the kids are just, they just need so much attention and they're sort of always, you know, at your feet. (laughs) It's just really hard to get any time to yourself. I I really recognize that. Yeah, I found that being in the garden, the children would just allow me to be. They would allow me to kind of get on with stuff. And it was almost like, you know, it was almost like there was a sort of instinctive primal understanding that they had that sort of would allow me to tend the garden. Like it was it was almost like it was in their DNA somewhere that there was, an, a, you know, a, a sort of an activity that was indirectly going to nourish them so you know if I grew veg it was you know it was going to appear on the table it was, it was funny and I think there's another layer to that which is about how you must have been I imagine when you were tending your garden in your what did you go in your oxytocin yes yeah absolutely yeah and they may well have been able to feel that and recognize it subconsciously as a good thing for everybody Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, I think, I think most parents know that, that I don't know, parenting outside always seems easier, doesn't it? Well, I remember with my son, who's now 26, bless him, I loved taking him to the park. Mm. Um, we would go after nursery. I'd pick him up at 12. He must have been about three, I think, at this stage. Yeah. Given up on his nap and our or yeah, I think he must have given up on his nap and we would go off to the to the park and he'd play on the swings and we'd look at the animals because we were lucky enough to live near a park called Golders Hill Park which had animals oh, wow. and swings and a cafe. Yeah. And you could spend all day there. <laughs> you yeah, absolutely. But then the little minx and I think he was my second child and what we've talked about already about finding it hard not having enough space I think he he probably didn't get enough of me because Mm. what happened was that he clocked that I liked it and he never wanted to go oh it was just extraordinary because he loves it too loved it too and absolutely loves it now and Mm. very very happy in nature now but somehow it was it was a struggle between us or right kind of cut your nose off to spite your face yeah oh that's really interesting really I mean it it just was so difficult at the time and looking back on it I can see he needed more of me Mm. and I probably wasn't in a place at that stage to give him exactly what he needed so he was he was taking his power wherever he yes yes and they will do that (laughs) yeah do they garden your children do they are they they don't now but you know what I just think that I think they will I think they will. And I think my, my daughter's quite interested. I mean, you know, I've got a 14-year-old boy who just, you know, anything that his parents are doing yeah. is, you know, is just 
embarrassing and and just you know awful and and you know what what do we know <laughs> <laughs> what do we know <laughs> no exactly <laughs> But I think just nurturing that connection when they're young is really, really important. And I know that, you know, I had that nurtured when I was a child and I'm really, really, you know, very grateful for that. And I'm sure, you know, in my teenage years, I sort of, you know, I moved away from it a bit. But I think, yeah, I think I think you do. You do come back. And I think when they were little, just just being in the garden and just, you know, there's so many lessons to be learned, isn't there, in the garden and lessons from nature and sort of. And and I think another thing that, that was lovely about being in the garden with the kids was just that seeing things with child's eyes. Mm-hmm. So being encouraged to slow down and really look. At- yeah, and, and, and just that sense of wonder. You know, and I still have. You know, I still if I, I if I can I can still tap into that, and it and, and it all does still just amaze me. You know that you can you can plant a seed in a, in a bit of soil and give it a bit of water, and you know, a few weeks later there's a there's a shoot. I mean, you know, I still get that sort of that little buzz that you know. Oh, I know absolutely. I may. I mean, absolutely. It just is extraordinary. Right now is that moment, isn't it? The, my greenhouse is full of seeds that are almost coming up and ones that have just started and that that experience of going in in the morning and seeing that something that wasn't there yesterday is today is just joyous isn't it yeah yeah absolutely and I think that that being part of that sense of being part of something bigger and you know sort of the insects and the you know the birds all all of that is is just yeah it's so nourishing When, when you say that sense of being it's all going to continue. It was here before we started and it will be here when we're not, you know, yeah. assuming that we find a way of, of nurturing our world. Yeah, but, you know, I think, you know, nurturing that, that um, nature connection in our, in our children is, is really, really important. And I think it's, it's maybe something that, you know, that comes very naturally to, to kids and then we maybe lose it as we go on. So that's part of of the sort of work that I'm trying to do is, is is to kind of is to help people get that back that connection with you know with with nature because we are you know we are nature we are part of nature like it you know like it or not we are we are nature absolutely. we are nature in fact Elizabeth Cairns in my podcast that's just been published said nature is always resilient and we're not separate from that yes yeah absolutely and to forget that and it's so lovely to remember it and to hold that connection it's it really it really is and feeling part of all the cycles and that you know the cycles of life and the seasons and and knowing that actually you know we need to be applying that to our own lives more than we are doing because at the moment you know we're very much in that sort of busy busy drive drive more more you know plow on through regardless of yes yeah and and actually and I think that 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 was an important thing with coming into this this sort of midlife stage is that actually you suddenly realize that actually you know you do need to prioritize your self-care a bit more and you need do need to get a bit more rest and you do need to be thinking about you know your stress levels and take steps to counteract them Yes, absolutely. And it's just, you know, at this kind of life stage, I just think that, you know, our self-care is just, it's just not negotiable, really. 
Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And I'm just thinking about that lovely space you've got outside your house, which I'm lucky enough to know and to have designed with you. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I've had, I've had, uh, we've lived where we are living for the last 18 years. And um, we, it's a rural spot. We're in a village and uh, the garden backs onto fields. We've got a lovely view of an old Saxon barrow. Yeah, um, extraordinary that. Mm, it's re- yes, it's lovely, isn't it? It really is, and it's and it's got that timeless quality. You know what you were saying about we it, it nature is bigger than us. It's yeah, it's, we're a very small speck. Yes, seeing yeah. that ancient, ancient, ancient monument just sort of underlines that really. Yeah, it does. Again, you know, just those connection with with our ancestors, isn't it? And and what what's come before. So yeah, the the garden backs onto fields, and basically we've been lucky enough to have been able to purchase extra land from from the farmer mm. over the years. So we've done that twice. So we've kind of extended our garden twice, and it's not a huge garden, but we we bought a quite a reasonable sized chunk about three years ago, I think. But you know, what we bought was farmer's field you know complete with cow pats and um (laughs) (laughs) came with the cow pats they were part of yes and so it's a blank canvas really and so yeah we we have um we asked you to do a design for us because I recognize that whilst I'm you know I'm 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 quite a good gardener and I as I've mentioned before I love very good gardener yeah and I love and I love my pots but I'm not a designer and we just recognised that we really needed um, some help to, yeah, to bring that, to make the most of that space, really. To find the bones, I think, is the way you've put it in the past. Yeah, yeah. To find those bones. We need the bones. You know, I've, I've kind of always longed for a, for a mature garden. And I often say to my husband, if we ever move, that will be quite high on the priority list. But, you know, we, we sort of, we have what we have and, um, and there's, you know, there's some fun in, in sort of starting a new garden and, and doing that from scratch as well. But yeah, we, we just need some help getting the structure and, and the bones. So that um, I came along, um, we met and then you asked me to help you with your garden and I came along and we started with the visualisation Mm. I really love to do with everybody who I'm helping with their garden. Can you remember what that was like and, and, and what you got from doing that? Yes, yeah, I can. So it was uh, my husband and I, we did, we did it together. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was a really, really interesting process and it really helped us to get to the core of, of what we actually wanted and what our priorities were mm-hmm. and yeah I think we had slightly different things come up but there were a couple of you know a couple of sort of things that that crossed over which was interesting so I think sanctuary was something that came up and and privacy yes and that was what I was struck by when I first walked into your garden was that there wasn't a lot of privacy mm. that there are boundaries where the energy just kind of get sapped out of your space because you can see what's going on next door and they can see what's going on here and that's just a really nice thing to get hold of and actually define the edge of your space yes yeah and I think we were just a little bit stuck with that I think 
what happens when you kind of you know, when you live with something and you, you sort of you get a bit blind to it, don't you? And then if you're in a situation where everybody else has kind of got the same thing and you've got that sense of oh well you know I can't really I can't really do that because that that just seems to be the kind of the way it, it's being being done. But actually, you helped us to kind of yeah get over that and just yeah like you say find find the boundaries actually Re- redefine redefine the boundaries of our garden, which was really really helpful and we're just so excited about getting that bit sorted and and it's interesting because boundaries I think we need our boundaries in our lives we need to be able to say yes or no and to do it in a way that's meaningful and protects us and defines our space and our boundaries might be near or, or further from us you know at any given time we might feel more spacious and able to allow more in or we might need to set them closer to us when we're a little bit short on internal space and there's something about boundaries in our physical space that I think is really really crucial too. Yes and that's just something I just hadn't really appreciated at all but yes I mean I think I'm quite good at doing it in in my sort of my actual life but I had yeah just hadn't really appreciated how important that was in my garden so yeah no that will make a huge difference to you actually when you do when you have the opportunity to put in place the things that we talked about yes for the boundaries yeah i mean the whole the whole design we're, we're so chuffed with and so excited about and yeah i mean we we just we love the whole process really you know we look forward to our meetings and just yeah the whole, and 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 then it was so exciting to get the you know you get get it through and to open it up and and actually we would just we were just blown away by it. And there's just, you know, there's, however, you know, good we are at sort of gardening, there's just no way we could have come up with that design. And, you know, I think it was just your fresh eyes really on it. And obviously your, you know, your, your design, you know, your, your design skills. Um, but yeah, the, the, the fresh eyes and, and yeah, we, as I say, we were, we were blown away and very excited about Um, starting to pull it all together yes and I think that's an exciting piece because you feel able to do that don't you yes because I feel like we've got the bones yeah and we can we can build on that now and you have the creativity and you have the eye you have the you know the ability to garden we might talk about planting I know in the future yes yes um in terms of choosing your materials and implementing things that feels to me like something that you are confident to do yeah and of course I'm available to help if you need me to yes I mean I think we will definitely um get you involved in the planting and I know I think one of my issues with with the garden is that I love everything yeah and I and I just you know I just want one of everything that I see and I see something like, oh yeah no I love that and I know and my husband is as is as bad actually so we're we're a disastrous combination in that respect and I know and I know it doesn't work I know I know it's kind you know I know a little bit about design and I know that's not the kind of you know the way to sort of do it but sometimes I just can't help myself so getting you to help us I think with some of the the bigger things you know again those big structural things that just help you get that interest throughout the year and and um yeah what I was going to say is actually there is a way of being a plant collector because that's what you're talking about, really, isn't okay. it? Okay. 
<laughs> loving to have one of everything just because it's gorgeous. But yeah. it's a way of doing that and still managing to have a cohesive design that feels calming and unified and repeats plants because that's what makes a garden feel calm is when there is repetition and simplicity and things are pared down to what's necessary but there isn't a lot of extra having said that if you're someone who enjoys layers and textures and different you know different plants then there's absolutely no reason why they can't be accommodated within containers in a in a more defined way which Mm. doesn't impact the overall feel yeah okay yeah no that's interesting that's that's good to know yeah (laughs) so I'm I'm feeling as though we might be coming to the end of our conversation we've talked about everything we wanted to talk about yeah um we've got a giveaway to do do you want to talk about that Mm. tell us about the giveaway Yeah, so the giveaway is I have a copy of a book called Your Guide to Forest Bathing by Amos Clifford. And he is the founder of the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy Guides and Programs. Sounds serious. Yes, it's a bit of a mouthful, that, isn't it? But yeah, it's a lovely little book. Um, And as I can't do any forest bathing events at the moment, I thought it would be really nice to just give people a chance to get hold of this little guide it gives you a bit of history of forest bathing, some information about the benefits um, for your well-being. And what I really like is that it gives you some really lovely ideas for activities that you can go along and, you know, take into the woods and try for yourselves. Oh, it sounds lovely. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the competition is going to be running on Instagram um, and you can find all the details of how to enter by heading over to either mine or Sarah's Instagram accounts details will be in the episode notes the deadline i think we've said is the 5th of may and um yeah so head on over if you fancy um winning a copy of that and good luck i think it's going to be and i i I quite fancy that my book that book myself um i'm (laughs) I'm not sure you're allowed i don't think i'm allowed to enter but (laughs) I'm, i'm sure it'll be a nice a nice thing for someone so thank you, Claire. That's been such a lovely conversation. I've really enjoyed mm. meandering through the woods and uh, gardens and well-being with you. Fabulous. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Claire. Bye now. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation. You can find both Claire and I on Instagram. I'm at Growthfully and Claire is at Intune underscore wellbeing. And if you'd like to win the lovely book Claire is offering, do pop on over there and see us. We'd also love to hear your thoughts on anything we've discussed today. Please use the hashtag MyGardenMyLife so we can find anything you share. The show notes for this episode are on my website at www.growthfully.co.uk where you can sign up for my newsletter, read my blog, and find out how I can help you get inspired and busy in your own garden. We can cover layout design and styling, planting, gardening, whatever you need to help you make the most of that precious space. And everything is online at the moment. And if you'd like to share the love, please do subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It really does help others find us. And I think that's it for now. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your garden.